You have earned this spot. You are worthy. You are a great American. There is a love in this country that is extraordinary. You admitted it about your parents. They loved this nation, even though there were laws preventing them from getting together. When they were loving, there were laws in this country that would have prevented you from marrying your husband. It wasn't that long ago. It was last generation. But they didn't stop loving this country, even though this country didn't love them back. And so you faced insults here that were shocking to me. Well, actually not shocking. But you are here because of that kind of love. And nobody's taken this away from me. So you got five more folk to go through. <laughs> five more of us. And then you can sit back and let us have all the debates. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to be a well-charted Senate floor because it's not going to stop. They're going to accuse you of this and that. Heck, in honor of your person who shares your birthday, you might be called a communist. But don't worry, my sister. Don't worry. God has got you. And how do I know that? Because you're here. And I know what it's taken for you to sit in that seat. I'm Joy McGowan. I'm Denisha Simpson. And, and we, we are Resilient, Resilient Black, Black Women. Black woman gave us life, a black woman taught us to stand When she sat down in the front, a black woman defied the man When a black man rose up, it was a black woman that held his hand And gave him strength beyond themselves, something they could never understand Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. We are really excited to be having this episode. This episode that we are calling Black Men Supporting Black Women. Denisha, how are you feeling today? Let's check in real quick. I'm feeling great. How are you feeling about this topic? This topic, I'm... Even feeling even greater about the topic. Um, I love black love. I think it's important, even if we look at historically, um, where black men were ripped from the home um, without a choice. And so I love to see it. I'm happy to be here with you and your husband, who you will yes. introduce. But I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to see it, even like seeing the love between you guys. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yes, y'all. So I'll check in real quick with my body. <laughs> Tanisha's obviously very excited about right. the episode. She's just like, hey, your husband's here? Yeah. Just, just telling just it all. Really, really quickly. Um, okay, this episode, I'm also really excited. We decided to do this episode because of, um, do we call her Supreme Justice Katanji Brown Jackson now? That's Supreme what, Court Justice, yeah. You call her Supreme Court Justice. Um, she has been confirmed as the one of the next Supreme Court Justices. And it was very exciting to, I mean, it was frustrating and exciting to watch her go through that process. And I think as we were kind of processing that for ourselves as black women, we were like, man, we should do an episode about black men mm -hmm. supporting black women because of what we saw uh, one of the black male senators do of just validating her and supporting her and critiquing his fellow colleagues on the floor of like, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and just honoring her. And I remember watching that um, and just seeing her cry mm -hmm. as he was just encouraging her. And so, when I, when I think about checking in with my body right now, I'm just checking into like all those parts of me that um, kind of just like is just envisioning her 
of what does it feel like for her to have been confirmed right now um, in this role and um, what was it like for her just to be in that process so parts of me are like really really proud um, to have witnessed that um, parts of me are upset that it had to happen the way it did um, and then parts of me are also just really excited to talk about this topic with you um, to hopefully, again, just like encourage our listeners um, about like the importance of having black men support black women. I think they think there's a lot of conversations we can have about that. Um, and I know that we kind of decided that this is what we wanted to uh, kind of land on. I also think that I want us to, I want to make sure that like Denisha and I like say this out loud. Like, so yes, my husband is here. I'm super excited that he is here. Um, but he is not the only black man in Northwest Arkansas that we feel like supports right. black women. Um, we literally had like a list of like five or six mm-hmm. names of black men that we feel like live this out Absolutely. from their core. And all of them are booked and busy all the time. So... <laughs> So, Denisha and I have already decided there will be a part two to this conversation. (laughs) And we'll probably invite my husband back to that conversation with all the black men in the room. Um, But for today, he will represent all black men (laughs) who say that they support black women. Um, So, introduce yourself. Who are you besides my husband? Yes, I am Dustin McGowan. Again, uh, uh, hail from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, I am very excited to be here. Uh, I think this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I love black women. I love the black family. I love black love, the black community. Um, And I love the idea of us supporting one another, especially as we accomplish great things in this world. And so um, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming. We're excited to have you. Um, so let's go ahead and just jump into some of these questions. Um, our first question is, what does it mean to support black women as black men? What, what would you say to that? Yeah, I think what it what it means for me to support black women is one to at a the high level of, is the of course to love black women, mm. <laughs> right? Um, and to to desire to see them succeed. But I think that at this other level, there's this sense of wanting to see black women win in a way that I don't sense any threat or competition with black women. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of reasons historically for that. I don't know if that's the kind of conversation we want to get into. But I think that I don't feel threatened by the success of black women. Right. When I see yeah, my wife thriving. Right. I am excited for her. Right. And uh, she knows from even our own relationships, I'm always pushing her to go the next level, to go the next step. It's like you're not pushing greatness enough. Go to the next level. Right. And so and I feel that way about other black women who I want to see win as well. Like, no, take it. Take it by <laughs> the neck and and accomplish everything you can, um, because we're great. And if we are honest about his history, one about women in general in the world, women are the backbone of our world. Period. Right? <laughs> um, while men are going off and fighting wars and messing up things, women are holding it together. Say that one more time. <laughs> women are the backbone of the world. 
hear right? it. Right, and if we look at the history of black culture, women have been the backbone of that as well. Always. Right, and and even in light of all that trauma, mm-hmm. right, the trauma that of, of slavery that systematically sought to break the black man and the black family, right, it is the woman who who is having her child and her husband ripped from her arms and her right and having to continue to be the strength and the encouragement of that family that was being able to be that was being torn apart but we look at our social movements right we look at the civil rights movement we see we see the icons in the front mm-hmm. right we see you know Dr. King Malcolm X and others right but it is the women of the civil rights movement that are doing the work, (laughs) right? That are holding that stuff together, Mm -hmm. right? And that we see them doing everything. Everything. And, uh, like, you know, Dr. King is not who he is, right, (laughs) without Coretta, obviously, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? We see that Malcolm X is not who he is without Betty, but -hmm. we see so many others who are a part of that movement who are, who are dr- the driving force of his success and his organ and his, and his uh, excellent organization? And so I, I am not foolish enough, <laughs> right, to overlook that reality. And so, uh, but I think there's this sense that one, I, I can't hold this view that there's only a little bit of pie, mm-hmm. right, in that. A, a black woman's success infringes upon my Piece success. Mm-hmm. No, there's a there's a lot of pie, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And we, I, my desire is for us all to get as much as possible, mm-hmm. right? And you know, there's you know, there's reasons for that, but you know, but personally, as a man, I don't feel threatened by the success of others, uh, particularly of, of black women. Mm. Denisha, I'm wondering, like, how does that land on you just hearing his response and just this idea of, like, that kind of is the question that comes up, right? Like, black, we think black men are threatened. Some black men are threatened by the success mm-hmm. of other black women. Mm-hmm. What what would you add? Um, I love what Dustin's saying. Like, I love how, and I can even, like, see it in his body language, how excited he gets talking about, like, no, there's enough pie for everyone. Like, I want my um, black women to go out there and take it, get as much as they can, keep going, um, reach for that greatness and beyond, right? And so that's so supportive to hear um, and know that there are men, black men out there that don't feel threatened by a black woman's success. They actually want the black woman to succeed. Um, For the first time, I was able to work with another black male at um, a junior high school and he would come in and we would have talks and he would encourage me and just support me um, in that field Mm -hmm. as a school-based counselor. Mm -hmm. And that was so encouraging to have someone that looked like me and a black male tell me, no, like, no, sis, like, uh uh-uh, no, you're, you keep going. Like, you don't stop here. You are made for greatness. And so I think that speaks to um, what you were talking about earlier is just seeing her cry in that moment. I'm sure those tears meant so much, but in that moment she felt safe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she felt safe and seen. Yes, yeah. Katanji felt safe and seen Mm -hmm. when Senator Brooks, is that his last name, Mm -hmm. Brooks, um, 
was able to like just encourage her and give her this truth of like, no, you deserve to be here. Right. You're supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> excuse my colleagues for messing it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. You deserve yeah. to sit in that chair. Yeah. Um, just hearing you talk about that makes me think about um, the black men that I've had in my life. I feel like growing up, my dad has always been a very uh, supportive person of me doing things and believing in my dreams, no matter how crazy they were. Um, and I grew up in a predominantly black church like you did, too, mm-hmm. um, just in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, and I just remember there being lots of black men um, who I felt like would protect me and mm-hmm. want like championed me, mm-hmm. um, just made me feel like I was good, I was great. Um, there's nothing I couldn't do um, right. as a little black girl. Um, and so, I don't know, just like that idea of like, I don't I don't have a lot of memories of black men not supporting me, of not being present, but I know that that's not the reality of all right. black women. Right. That for some black women, black men have not even protected them, um, right. let alone supported them enough. Right. And so, I don't know what your experience is with that or what you would add to that. Um. That makes, I mean, I could see from other people's, you know, viewpoint of where they feel disrespected or mm-hmm. not supported. Um, personally, from my own, um, I grew up with a daddy that was very supportive and active mm-hmm. um, and just made me feel like the world was mine, right? Mm-hmm. And then I had two big brothers that did not play about me and made me feel again like, oh, I can go and do whatever because I got two bodyguards back there behind me, right? And so I've pretty much felt invincible back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that there are black women that have been just so hurt um, by black men, right, and don't feel supported or feel like, oh, if I date, if I tr- attempt to date someone that has less than me, then is that guy going to be intimidated or... Um, will he feel threatened by my success, right? Um, so it's there, and it makes sense of why it's there. But I would say that personally, I have not experienced that. Um, I, I I love what you're saying, right? Like, the, it seems like you and I both have similar experiences of just mm-hmm. not having those experiences of black men not being supportive or not even being protective of, of us as black right. women. And so we definitely want to make space for other women's experiences we want to Mm -hmm. honor the fact that we don't represent all black women right like Mm -hmm. we represent resilient black women and we want black women to feel and be resilient in their life but we understand Mm -hmm. that everybody's experience is not the same as ours Mm -hmm. and so to that I'm wondering like even like Dustin babe like tell us a little bit about like where did that even come from in you of like where did you learn this idea of like support black women, protect black women? Um, this is good. This is something that I should be doing. Um, I even think about how you raise our our boys. I remember one time you told Micah um, of like trying to get him to listen to me when you're not around because <laughs> that's just the thing. I'm sure it happens with everybody's kids when they're so different. Others not around, they don't listen to the the mom. Uh, and I remember you told Micah that. Um, you know, when daddy's not here, you are the one who like looks after mommy. Like you are the one who keeps her safe. Like it's okay for you to do that. And so I need you to to know that like I give you it's it, it felt like you were like giving him this like this power, this like superpower. He's like, Okay. And I remember him just like 
just being just more cooperative when you were around because you like told him like, hey, you got to take care of mommy. If my daddy's not here, take care of mommy. So I'm wondering like, where does that come from for you? Like, who did you see do that in your life? Um, how did that start for you? Yeah, I think for the most part, I come from a family that are have been defenders by nature. Mm-hmm. And I uh, think about my grandfather, I think about my brothers, I think about um, men who were protectors of their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think oftentimes um, we there can be this tendency in culture that we defend women so that they can remain subservient to us. Wow. Right? When that is not the, the, the paradigm to function from. Right? The paradigm is that I, I protect so that they can flourish and thrive. Say that part again. And so I protect <laughs> so that they can third, you know, flourish and thrive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I think oftentimes it is our own insecurities, mm-hmm. right, that rise up in us that create this sense of competition, mm-hmm. right, that um, you're not uh, uh, confident in your own gifts and abilities, you're not confident in the own place that you, your place that you occupy, especially as a black man in the world of, right, like one of the, 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 the roles that black women have occupied historically is lifting up the head of black men. Mm-hmm. Right. As they go out into the world and have been shamed, have been beaten down, have mm-hmm. had their dignity stripped away. Right. You come home and then your wife, your mother, your sister lifts your head up and encourages, encourages you, reaffirms that dignity that is within you. Right. So that you can go and battle another day. Right. And so the difficulty is how do we meet each other in mutuality of that? And so in a world that oftentimes can be dehumanizing, mm-hmm. right, and dignity robbing, dig- dignity stealing. And so, like, you know, we, we have the roots of that in slavery, right, of the mm-hmm. breaking the bull, right, the black man in front of his family to make him feel weak and less than, mm-hmm. right? But you also have class war, right, that is transcendent of blackness, right, of how do we pit, you know, poor whites against poor blacks, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. How do we put the, the you know, the, you know uh, men against women, right? And say, hey, there's only so much space to occupy, right? If you, if they get there, they're taking your spot, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Right? And there's also the, 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 the threat of, you know, mediocrity, right? Mm-hmm. Of, you know, of, of I'm threatened by anybody who is, who is excellent occupying space, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. it exposes my mediocrity. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's, you know, those various levels of that and that we, that we see. And, um, you know, and so, and, and there's also the reality of patriarchy, of course, at the, and, and a lot of that. And to say like, hey, um, you know, you can not be equal to me or greater than me, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, in anything, mm-hmm. right? You have to protect my ego, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that, that's not strength, that's weakness, that's coddling, that's, that's unhealthy, right? That's, 
And so that that those are broken relationships, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, and as you would say, you would ha- you know have them examine their own body, um, and ask themselves <laughs> some questions, and go seek some counseling for that because there's some some deep trauma that that's at the root of that. But uh, but I think overall, <laughs> I love that plug, and that's a whole nother episode that we can do. It's like black males in therapy, right? Yeah. Yes. yes, yeah, and I think, and I think that's the thing. And so um, I think one of the things is the struggle for empathy. Mm. And so one thing that happens when you are an oppressed person is that you struggle to see and affirm the oppression of other people because you're so concentrated on the struggle of your own experience. Mm. Right? And And so you overlook and disregard and so we've talked about this. We've done the, the, the exercise, the race race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And so you ask all these questions about privilege in society. And without fail, the, the breakdown at the end of the race race, after all the questions are asked, is that there's white men in the front and black women in the back. All the way in the back. All the way in the back. All the way in the back. And so the question has to be asked for black men is that, Yes, I might not have the privilege of white men, mm. right? But I have more privilege than black women, mm-hmm. right? Do I leverage my privilege as a man to increase the position of black women? Right. Or do I f- scrape for the crumbs, right, mm-hmm. and say at least I'm not in last place? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and that that's not the posture that can be adopted, that should be adopted. And so how do we adopt this position? Everybody needs to win, <laughs> right? Everybody needs to win. And uh, especially black women, especially my black sister, my black mother, my, my bride, right? That, that, that has to happen. And so how do I try to deconstruct the systems that might not benefit me as a black person, but benefit me as a man? Mm-hmm. Right, and um, and to acknowledge those things and say no. How do I, right, build a better system in its place, right, and not one to where like, hey, like I I, I covet any advantage that I have over another human being. We can't we can't do that, mm-hmm. but we have to we have to to move the chains for all people. I want us to pause for a little bit because first of all, you said a lot of really great things. Yes. <laughs> Just like. I just feel like we're just learning right now. <laughs> we're just learning all the things. Um, okay, do you have questions, Denisha, that you want to ask? So, but this is like a big general question. Just so that. I know that you said like deconstructing, right, the system. But before that, I feel like is there something that would help maybe feel more feasible for some males that feel like even hopeless when it comes to deconstructing in the system. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I think there's this thing, and I, uh, I don't know if it directly connects, but I think it's important. And I think it is that the affirmation of the systems mm-hmm. that built us to, into who we are. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we take for granted in our communities the vital role in which women have played, yes. mm-hmm. Right. 
the role of encourager, the role of accountability, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. The role of defender, mm-hmm. right? That mainly in a lot of homes, not just black homes, the father normally plays this role of provider and the oftentimes is disconnected emotionally and in a lot of other places that exist, right? But the mother has been present in all of those places, right? And one of the things that we lose is the gratitude for the role in which women have played in our upbringing, Mm -hmm. right? And so of helping to shape us into who we are, right, and give us the skills and the gifts that we have, right? Right, you you devalue and dehumanize that which you don't value, you don't see the worth of, right? And because we also at sometimes struggle to see our own worth, mm-hmm. right? We struggle to see our own significance, mm-hmm. right? And so oftentimes, if I don't see myself as valuable, I struggle to see the that which shaped me as valuable as well, mm-hmm. right? And oftentimes for people who have grown up, particularly people who have grown up in situations of lack or poverty in, in, in marginalized communities, right, you see success sometimes as distancing yourself from that thing which actually gave you the strength and resilience to actually become successful, <laughs> right? right? Because you see that as, right, as what you want to avoid and not... Um, uh, recreating your own uh, family. And um, and so I think there's a lot of healing that needs to be done in people's minds and hearts of saying, hey, like, just because it wasn't perfect doesn't mean it was bad. Mm-hmm. Or just because it was difficult doesn't mean it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Right? And so a lot of times there's those difficult relationships that exist. And so... Right. When when a, when a woman, say a single mother, occupies both the space of the protector and the comforter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, that there's this this there's that struggle to compartmentalize in our minds. Like, how do I view the mom? How do I view the black woman? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think there's just a lot of healing that needs to take place in, in a lot of people's hearts to really re-understand and regain the regain the gratitude that should be there, right? It's that thing that we have as parents. It's like, you know, as a teenager, right, you give your parent a really hard time, right, and you think your parent is an idiot and doesn't know what they're talking about because you're 16 and you really haven't lived life, right? And then, you, you know, you go to college, you go off and live life, you start a family, you have your own kids, and then they stress you out. And then you realize how difficult it is to, to mold and shape another life. And you go back to your parents, you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> because you saw yourself in your children. And you realize that this thing is a lot more complicated and complex, that we're all human beings trying to figure it out. Together. Right? And then that allows you to have grace yeah. and to have gratitude and thankfulness for the people who struggled to build you into who you are, right? And it's also this myth, I think, underlying this too, this myth of our country, of our world, of like the self-made man, mm-hmm. right, which is a lie. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who's self-made in the world. Everybody mm-hmm. is a beneficiary of their community, of mm-hmm. the systems and the institutions that have shaped them into who they are. That's nobody right. has right. lived on the island and become a great individual <laughs> by themselves. <laughs> And right. so, 
That is with all of us. Yeah. And so we have, there's the, a deep need for humility, <laughs> right? For us to see the role that people play in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so, again, as people who have grown up in oppression, we, we think that the way forward is to distance ourselves from that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To look down upon where I came from, right? Actually, to, but un, in, instead to see that in context for what it is and to see, hey, how has that made me who I am? How do I lean back into that, mm-hmm. right? To actually help heal myself and heal and remedy the systems that have made that so difficult in the first place. I mean, so you're basically saying black men who may struggle with supporting black women maybe need to be in therapy. That's what I heard. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, and if they're not ready to take that step toward therapy maybe can they stop right now and even just reflect and show some gratitude towards something yeah something towards in their your life mother that made towards them. your grandmother yes. like there's no black man who's self-made either right? right like you normally hear that phrase self-made as referring to white men they right. can actually pull themselves up yeah. by their bruise straps um but there also is no black man who is successful right. Mm-hmm. in this life who has done it all completely by themselves. It, and I, I even want to like highlight that like oftentimes in black communities, there's lots and lots of trauma between relationships mm-hmm. um, of mothers and fathers and all those things. And so I, I definitely want to like honor the fact that like in some ways you may have some distance from your family of origin because it's just not safe. Um, It's not emotionally or physically safe for you or your present day family to be in those relationships. Get it. Got it. But I think from the the therapy framework that Denisha and I kind of work from, we believe that there's there's no it's very unlikely that we've made it this far completely on our own. Something someone has been some type of safe other attachment figure Mm -hmm. for us along the way. If it was a teacher, if it was a coach, if it was the Boys and Girls Club, um, if it was a mentor or a pastor or a neighbor, um, Mm -hmm. there's been someone who has helped push you to where you are. And so, again, like I want to make room for people who are like, well, my mother was abusive or whatever, whatever. Um, I think that those are really true stories that we can all have but even in that I think what what I would add to that is there is something about attachment and connection that we just know how to do Mm -hmm. Um, it is innate in who we are Um, now you may be a psychopath and not be able to generate empathy that is a different story but most of us like we are human and we are able to generate empathy or not just human but we have this connection with another, right? Mm-hmm. So if I see someone who's hurting, it makes me feel something in my body. Um, psychologically, like in our brain, in brain science, like they call this like mirror neurons. Mm-hmm. There are these mirror neurons that sit on the side of our eyes that mirror emotion back to us. And so if I watch Grey's Anatomy and someone died again and they're crying, I'm crying too because it like mirrors this emotion in me, mm-hmm. right? So vice versa, as a teenager, my mom would come in the room and be like, why you got an attitude? I don't feel like I have an attitude, but now I feel like I have an attitude because she thinks I have an attitude right. and now we both have attitude. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have that. Right. Right. It's these mirror neurons that get fired off. Mm -hmm. Right. Because obviously when I was 16, I thought I knew everything. (laughs) Um, 
And I probably did have an attitude. <sighs> she was probably right. Probably. Uh, <laughs> so just like this idea, right? So I just, I want to kind of make space for if you had trauma with your family of origin, it makes sense that you put distance and boundaries up with your family. Get it? Got it. Also, I think what Dustin is saying, too, is you can still support black women. Um, because even if that trauma did happen, you still didn't make it to where you are mm-hmm. by yourself. I don't know what you would add to that. No, I 100% agree um, with that. I like making space, right? We make space for trauma. Right. Um, and then I'm sitting here thinking, and this is a whole different topic, like what if that safe other was only a coach that happened to be mm-hmm. a white male mm-hmm. and that's how they see it as a savior and that further disconnected them from yeah. their story and their family of origin, right? Um, but I do want to say what Joy just said, you can still honor a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even the fact of I came from a black woman. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm wondering, uh, Dustin, if you can speak to this last question of what do you envision the world to be for, I mean, we're having a daughter really soon, next couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, what do you envision the world to be for your daughter, for your sisters, for your mothers? Yeah, I, I, I have the hope that she will live in a community of people that will point her to and support her towards greatness Mm -hmm. in whatever she desires to do, right? And that she will sense that she has a place, right? And and not have to live into the narratives of previous generations of trying to knock down walls and kick in doors to carve out a place of belonging, right? Our hope as parents is that we create an easier life for our children, right? And so for all of us, is our hopes is that for our sons, our daughters, that, that, they, that the, the world is better for them, right? And, you know, and again, like we have a, a, a lot of that credit goes to women and, and to black women and, and as we talk about this conversation, right, and the, and, and the way in which they have set the bar, and have led with by excellence, like right. With black women is the most educated demographic in America, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like that, if you think about the context of how what how difficult that is to achieve, right? right that is something to be celebrated, mm-hmm. right, and not criticized. Right or you know, to feel you know to put my hater hat on <laughs> because you know you know I, you aren't there. But it takes an incredible amount, you know, no pun intended, of resilience for that to be the reality. And so I, my hope is that my my daughter would see you know you and uh, Denise and other great black women doing great things and be inspired to do the same and be like, hey, I can be greater, right, than, than even the greatness of my own tribe. I guess I just want people to hear that something we've talked about, maybe in our first episode when we describe like why the name Resilient Black Women, that in the term of what it means to be resilient, it has nothing to do with being able to do it all by yourself. Right. But it has everything to do with community, connection, uh, safety, 
um, just the terms and the research that come up mm-hmm. around resilience is um, all about your tribe, your people. Um, and so even in this episode, the idea that black men support black women goes back to like, this is what makes us as black people resilient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we learn how to support each other. We learn how to love each other. We learn how to um, have one another's backs. Um, and so if you're black or white, <laughs> uh, being resilient is about finding community, finding people who will love you, support you, and help you to feel safe. Um, and as has been said earlier from Dustin, like black women are the, will always be at the back. <laughs> um, and so we do need black men to support us, um, to call us up to greatness and to remind us uh, of something that I often tell my kids, like, who are you? Like someone reminding us who we are and really what we're capable of. We are competent um, to be here and to take up all the space in the room. There's, as what Dustin was saying, like, there's plenty of space here. There's plenty of pie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go get all of it. Um, So as we get ready to close out this episode, I'm wondering, so Dustin, while we normally close out our episodes, um, we close out with a moment of gratitude of just something based on this episode, based on our conversation that we are grateful for that kind of came up and what we kind of hope that the audience kind of remembers. Um, what are you grateful for, Denisha? Um, I'm thankful for my daddy, um, my brothers, um, and just the other black males that I've been surrounded by growing up and currently in my life. Um, I think of um, Pastor Jay Aaron Hawkins and, you know, um, calling the kiddos out in the sanctuary for chewing gum. I was may or may not have been one of those. I don't know. My mom might have called me before him. But either way, you know, even that, like, that's instilling values and, like, no, you don't chew gum in church. Like, that's not something you do. Um, and so I'm just grateful for black men. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say a similar thing, that I'm grateful for the the heritage of black women that have gone before me, you know, the Fannie Lou Hamers and, and the Shirley Chisholms, the Harriet Tubmans, the Sojourner Truths, you know, all of the great women who have gone before us and all the black women in my own family, my mother and my, you know, pastor's wife from back home and other women who have shaped me um, into, you know, my sisters who have shaped me into being the man that I am. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I, I again, I am not foolish enough to believe that I would be where I am without them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we are some of the people who have poured into us. And so, uh, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful for that. Can I say one more thing? Every time Dustin says, you know, I'm foolish to think I would be where I am without a black woman. I um, think of the song by James Brown. This is a man's world, yeah. but it would not be nothing without a woman or a girl. Hey. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna come over here and preach now. <laughs> <laughs> um I I'm really grateful for you, love. I'm grateful that you're <laughs> I came to this episode. Um, like I said, he's not the only black man in Northwest Arkansas that we think supports black women. Um, but I'm just also just really grateful for how you took a conversation or a topic and just brought so much depth to mm-hmm. it. Um 
that I don't think that Denise and I could have brought on our own. And so I'm really grateful that you gave, uh, you just gave it a lot more character. And so thank you for just being you and showing up uh, as yourself and taking up this space um, and reminding us too that like there's enough space for us too. Mm-hmm. Um, reminding you that black women are dope. Yes. <laughs> Because we are. <laughs> well, you can put it on a t-shirt. Uh, um, so yeah. So I mean, there's so there's so much to be grateful for. I'm really grateful that you get to be the father of our little girl, and that she gets to have these messages all the time. That mm-hmm. that she is dope. Uh, that she can be great. That she can take up all the space in the world. That she de- deserves to be wherever she is. Um, period. So, but y'all, we we are really excited and. We cannot wait for this episode to go live in June uh, for people to hear what it means to support black women um, as black men. And remember, as Anisha said, like, this is just part one. We yeah. <laughs> we will be doing a part two to this. <laughs> um, we're just really, really excited. Um, if anything, I'll, I'll hope that our audience kind of walks away from just this idea of what it means to be resilient and, and what it means to be truly, truly deeply connected to people. Um, none of us can do it on our own we need someone and we hope that you take away from this episode that you can encourage a black woman uh, you can protect a black woman you can love a black woman <laughs> you can support her champion her um, there are plenty of us in this world doing really great things um, I'm Joy McGowan I'm Denisha Simpson and we are Resilient Black Women Black woman gave us life, a black woman taught us to stand When she sat down in the front, a black woman defied the man When a black man rose up, it was a black woman that held his hand And gave him strength beyond themselves, something they could never understand Black women gave us the equations we need to get us to space If the world was finna end, I bet a black woman could save the race Black women get hurt, and for some it's hard to believe Because black women are goddesses, and goddesses don't ever bleed Black women survive, though they push and shun her away They the most educated, so listen to what your mama say Most beautiful, might I say, that's why they copy all her ways That's why they sit and they stare, but don't let them touch your hair Those roots were formed